Word Radio On Demand, 96.1 FM and 900 AM WURD. Streaming live at wordradio.com. We have our entertainment correspondent joining us now, and she's got a lot of things that uh, she knows. Not about Trump, but about entertainment. And she's joining us as Katia Woods, who is a contributor for the Philadelphia Tribune and has her own cup of show, cup of soul. <laughs> Listen, Trump got me frothing at the mouth, Katia. <laughs> Just thinking about how crazy he is. How are you today? Katia? Hey, good, good. I'm, ex- I'm excellent. I'm excellent. A little tired, but I'm here. And, you know, happy to be here. Well, thank you for joining us today, Katya. It's so good to see you as always. And I know that you are heading off to Sundance and have just come back from L.A. So what do we need to know? What have your travels uh, told you about what's going on in the next few months in entertainment? Well, right now, we, we as we know, we're all trying to look through the schedule and trying to see what is what and what's going to stand out. One of the areas that we have to be cognizant of that Sundance has, believe it or not, produced a best winner, excuse me, best picture candidate with CODA. Mm. Uh, At the same time, a lot of the documentaries that have come out of Sundance are now up for Oscar contention. And one of them is still the uh, Michael J. Fox, um, excuse me, documentary American Symphony might be in there as well. So all of these things are, are things that premiered at um, at Sundance. And we're looking for Oscar nominations uh, next week, I believe. Yes, yes, you know. And we'll see some people from the 215 in that mix. You know, we see uh, fresh off, uh, I was in uh, L.A. for Critics' Choice Awards. I am a Critics' Choice member. It was a lovely affair. I had the honor of sitting with the killers of the flower moon table. So I was right next to, and I mean legitimately next to Robert De Niro was this way, Leonardo DiCaprio was this way, and Lily Gladstone was this way. On a side note, Leonardo DiCaprio was very, security was heavy around him, so not a lot of people got to speak to Leonardo, but we did, uh, I did get to say something to Mr. De Niro and uh, got to have a really nice moment with Lily, uh, who, you know, who we're all rooting for this award season and saw, I've seen Divine Randolph a little bit through this awards mix and, and the team from the color purple and all of that. And of course, our Philly people in Quinta, who, you know, we are also proud of. Coleman Domingo, who is a friend. And again, listen, best dressed. Yes. Just, best dressed. Yes. Just give it to him. You know what I mean? I've been saying this all season. I said the men have been outshining the women, and he's one of the reasons why. And then, of course, Michelle Lee Ralph, who I keep, every time I see, I said, we need the recipes because she seems to be aging backward. That white mermaid silhouette that she was wearing at Critics' Choice was sheer perfection. It looked better in person than it did on TV. Like, come on now, the the black women, if we must, if I may be so bold, have been showing out this award season and then some in a good way, all different silhouettes, all different sizes. You know, Fantasia's team too has been putting together some looks that are just absolutely tens across the board. 
Well, I reached out to uh, a glam squad. I won't say who's in case I'm able to get them on the show for someone who was looking fantastic to see if I can uh, talk to them because I think you're right. This has been a lot of fashion by these sisters, particularly the color purple cast and Fantasia being, I think, the highlight of that uh, with all of the looks that she has elegantly and effortlessly walked uh, these red carpets in. But, uh, you know, definitely Coleman Domingo in the suit with the uh, sparkly uh, coat. I I called that like elegant pimp, but (laughs) it's Louis Vuitton. He has been wearing, he's been wearing, let me say it a little louder for the people in the back, all y'all that don't understand that fit matters. Sometimes it's not just where, because we see a lot of, all these men, right? Let's be honest, that we see wearing the suiting. They're not going down to today's men's warehouse. Nothing wrong with that. But what they're getting top of the line designer things. Mm. And there's no excuse for some of this stuff to be fitted and looking the way it is because Coleman, all his stuff is, uh, excuse me, is fitted also custom and Coleman is a tall man he has a nice built he's not a skinny guy but it looks good because it is tailored in style for his body type and his personality so when we see things that are ill-fitting bow ties are like not tied properly pants are too tight or too like we looking at high water things we're like, why? Why are you looking like that? You know, when you have access to everything the best, this should be fitting you like a glove. And most importantly, what I love is he's wearing color, he's having a good time, and he's comfortable. The other thing, too, is you can't pay for is, and, and I say this, you and I are both women of a certain age, you know who you are as a person and you know your style at this age. You know what you like, what you don't like, what you're comfortable in. And I think this is why you see a lot of times the people over 40 looking better than the people under a tw- under mm, 40. Because mm. a lot of times it's like when you're 20, they're like, they'll put you in this, they'll put you in that, they'll put you in this. And this is how we see like girls that are 16, 17, 20 years old looking like old women because mm-hmm you know, they haven't quite figured out their style voice. Now, there was some criticism of Quinta uh, at the Emmys because people said her dress looked wrinkled. And it was like, does nobody understand that that's crushed silk? I mean, that was the look. And it seems like they're ushering in. I saw a lot of women on that red carpet that seemed to be dressed in sort of these elegant, mid-length kind of gowns. Um, And that was an interesting note as we come into spring. So, you know, gotta know your fashion. uh, Yeah. (laughs) Also, we got to remember a lot of times, this is the other tough part about this, right? Things that look great in person don't always translate well on film and in photographs. So having now attended a couple award shows and seeing these things in person, Mm -hmm. and then you see them in photography, you're like, oh, it's a shame because in person, this thing was like, blah, 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 boom, right? Mm -hmm. So that's something else people have to think about when they are you know, picking out things. How is this going to translate in photography, on film, lighting? What time of day is it? So these are all things they have to think about. And everyone that saw her in person said this was stunning. And again, uh, Tanya, you said it best. Aesthetics, a lot of people don't know material, don't know that there's such a thing as crushed silk, you know, <laughs> right, crushed velvet. Right. That is done on purpose. A lot of this texturing 
is not done. Uh, this is why it's expensive versus cheaper. It's not done by machines. It's manually done. Right. So that's why that was the whole look. I didn't love her shoes with it, but the hair, the makeup. Uh, also, we got to remember she's a shorter woman. Mm -hmm. And these things, a lot of these looks that are put together for her are to heighten her a little bit and to long her when she is being photographed and, and things like that. Again, I don't think there's such a thing as a bad body, but I think people just don't always know or are willing to uh, dress people flattering that aren't in a certain box. Listen, I'm working on that myself. I, I also have to say, I thought Issa Rae looked fantastic at the Emmy. She had on a very uh, uh, feathery dress, but it was like very just beautiful. She was there with her husband who we don't, we don't get to see them together too much. Her husband, I think now of over a year, uh, they were there and she looked great. And Angela Bassett picking up her award uh, at the governor's uh, event where she got her lifetime achievement Oscar and Regina King who came uh, out uh, for one of the first times since her son unfortunately passed away. And so, yeah, I have to say the sisters would, were definitely doing it. But uh, as we're looking ahead to award shows and ceremonies, the Grammys is coming up and it appears that Diddy, who is a nominee, will not be attending. And it seems like he did uh, he did uh, the uh, Recording Academy a favor by saying that he wasn't coming. I mean, I think that was understood. Mm -hmm. As soon as the Cassie stuff came out, I think it would have been in poor taste for him to be there. Also, it would have given material for the comedians to hone in on them. And he would have had like that very uncomfortable. And then you also got to be like, well, who's going to embrace him, right? Then that person, if they go up and they hug him, now that person comes under fire because it's like, oh, are you co-signing an abuser? I mean, it could be something super simple, you know, a lot of times we see people at events a lot. It doesn't make us friends. Right. We're just adjacent and friendly. That doesn't right. mean we co-sign bad behavior. So I think all in all, it would have been bad taste had this situation with his liquor brand, which I think is minute compared to some of these other things, uh, you know, uh, you know, not, yeah, it just would have been bad taste. And, and I even, I think like, on New Year's Eve, he normally throws this really big, lavish party. Mm -hmm. I don't think he did that this year. And so, again, it's like read the room. Like, you can't be out here. Um, no, he's yeah. going to have to, you know, he's going to have to lay low. And I don't know if this will blow over ever. But, yeah. Now, the Academy did say that uh, they were taking the matter very seriously and then in the process of evaluating it with the time and care it deserves. That sounds more like they were waiting to make sure that he wasn't going to come because Academy CEO Harvey Mason Jr. told uh, The Hollywood Reporter, he said, we don't control who the voters vote for. Voters feel like a creator deserves a nomination. They're going to vote for them. If there's someone that's been nominated that we don't necessarily agree with, we're not going to remove a nomination. And, you know, basically he said, we're never going to be in the business of evaluating them on a scale of morality. So that's interesting because basically had he, had he said he wanted to go, 
it might have been an issue for uh, the Recording Academy to sort of deny him. So fortunately, he did. And that's why I said he did everyone a favor by saying uh, he's not going to show up. And as you said, if he hugs somebody or someone shows his support, it's been very quiet around him. And we know that Diddy is connected to just about everyone in the industry. In this particular nomination, there are like 20 artists and producers on this record. So nobody probably at this point wants to be seen or photographed with him. And he usually does a big Grammy event. And I'm sure that's not happening. No, I mean, again, here's the thing is, the Academy has to say that because they just bestowed some special type of award in the name of Dr. Dre. And no one's more problematic than Dr. Dre, where you have legitimate court cases and documented things of his continuous abuse over the years. And artists run and flock and break their neck to want to work with Dre. It's the same situation with um, numerous other people. And, you know, when you say, well, why do people work with someone like that? Well, you know, I mean... If you're looking for morality and consciousness in the music business, well, that, <laughs> I don't. You're gonna come up very short. You know that right. that that bus has left the building decades ago. So it's it's these people aren't necessarily disassociating from him because they feel what he did was wrong. They just don't want to catch the heat because if they felt he was an immoral person, they would have never done business with him to begin with. Right. You know, and there are some people that do stand ten feet, th- ten toes down, and are like, "No, you know, I won't, I won't get into business." And there are people that have said, "I will never work with Dre," but those people are far few in between. And as you said, looking to the music business for your moral compass, that's probably not the way to go. We are running short on time, but uh, Oscar nominations next week. Who is going to be the big uh, nominees there? Is it are there? Will there be any surprises? We kind of have Oppenheimer leading the pack. Killers of the Flower Moon may have lost some momentum in terms of the best picture. Uh, this is, you know, I feel like movies, it's like a political campaign. They kind of tell you who's leading the polls and then everyone just, uh, you know, coronates them. But uh, are there any surprises uh, left in this uh, award season in terms of films at this point? Well, you know, I, I mean, I think Oppenheimer's going to win Best Picture. It has all the markings of what a Best Picture picture is. Right. However, it will not win acting awards. Mm. So it's going to be one of those things where it's going to win that the slew of awards are going to come in the technical area. I I think if they do win an acting one, it will be one. Do you know what I mean? And uh, I think Christopher Nolan will win his much overdue um, best director nod. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'll see if he wins DGA, then we know that's going to, that's usually how it goes. Uh, and then also if Oppenheimer wins PGA, which most likely will show you that it will win, uh, excuse me, best picture but i think the most interesting race is best actress it because emma stone is in a film that a lot of people did not like Mm. but there it's one of those things where you're like trying to decide i don't like the film but i do i not like the film enough to discount what she did so there is the conundrum uh, what happens at SAG is not necessarily always an indicator of what happens with the rest of the thing. I think we're pretty comfortable in saying as much as we love Miss Danielle Brooks, I think Divine Joy Randolph can prepare her Best Supporting Actress speech. She's really become the darling. Uh, but I do think Best Actress is a two-woman race between Lily 
and Emma, and it will be like, are we going with the newcomer or are we going with the establishment? And it's also a shame because Carrie Mulligan is really, really good and maestro, but that picture has no steam, like none whatsoever. Mm. Poor Blyley Cooper has the misfortune of always being in competition in a year when there's a lot, a lot of great films. I do think eventually he will win an Oscar. It's just not going to be for this particular work. And again, Carrie is really so great and maestro, but the other ladies that are in this thing and Lily is, would just be an amazing story right. just for Native Americans. Just There's so much there to, to have the optics. But again, um, I do think it's a two-woman race and it will come down. Um, but I, the other thing I do know, Coleman will make the five, which is great for this area. Uh, and and so deserved, and you know, and and I think that's that's the other nice shining thing on Oscar morning. We will hear Coleman Domingo's name up for best actor. Wonderful, Katia Woods, our entertainment correspondent, who contributes to the Philadelphia Tribune and has her own Cup of Soul show on YouTube. And Katia, we'll look forward to hearing what your experience is like at Sundance when we see you next week. Thanks as always, for being a part of Reality Check. Talk to you soon. You've been listening to Word Radio On Demand. Listen live at 96.1 FM, 900 AM, and online at wordradio.com. 